More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, resolving resistance. Are you dealing with somebody who needs to change but won't? Or maybe you're struggling to make a change. Let us help you overcome the obstacles that are getting in your way. 877-573-7825. says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the show is titled Resolving Resistance. You know, change is hard, especially when we need somebody else <laughs> to change. <laughs> and, you know, we always hear, well, you can't change other people, but, but that's not entirely true. I mean, the fact is we change other people all the time based on the way we treat them, the way we talk to them, the influence that we have. You can't force somebody to do something they don't want to do. And it's not right to try to force someone. But it's, but it's appropriate to use our influence and our relationship to work for the good of each other and to encourage the people that we care about to be healthy, happy, and holy people in whatever ways that we can. And yet, we often run into resistance. And if you're trying to help someone you care about make a change, but running into that resistance, or for that matter, if you yourself are trying to make a change and tripping over your own two feet, we want to help you deal with that resistance gracefully and find solutions to help you overcome the obstacles standing in the way. Give us a call. The number is 877 573 7825. That's 877-573-7825. And I think that you're going to discover some eye-opening things about dealing with resistance today on More to Life. Well, I think two things really need to be highlighted in what you said. You know, when we talk about influencing people, especially in this culture where, you know, everything on social media is about influencers, it, it can leave a bad taste in our mouth. You know, we don't want to manipulate people. What you're saying, and we need to be very clear on this, is one of the litmus tests of that in terms of wanting people to change is are you working for their greater good and your own? It's not, I want this, so I'm going to twist this person into the shape that I want them to be in so that I feel better about myself or the relationship. It's Am I working for their ultimate good, helping them be a more virtuous, loving, faithful, healthy person? And am I truly working for my own good so I'm getting the respect I deserve? I can be a healthier person. I can be a more faithful person. I can be a more virtuous person. That litmus test really allows us to 
test the water between is this ego is this evil or is this something that God really wants me to bring my strength and the virtue that he's given me to the forefront for so that we can be more of his children more whole and holy yeah so there are sort of two things that have to be intentional all the time the first one is you know is what we're trying to do for the other person, the, the change we're asking that other person to make, really ordered toward their ultimate good, mm-hmm. you know, our ultimate good, or the ultimate good of our relationship? Um, and secondly, though, even even if our attempts to work for their good are, are, are really that objectively justified, we still have to work, be careful not to make the other person into a project. A project, absolutely. It's It's really about, you know, Am I able to become more healthy through this endeavor? And am I working for that person's ultimate good? Because they're a human person made in the divine likeness of God, not because I just want them to be better or I want credit for changing their lives. But the other thing I wanted to point out about what you were saying was when we're trying to change ourselves or even if we feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting us to help someone else change in some way to overcome their resistance to a healthier holier life is our own internal dialogue you know are when we think we need to change about something or we're called to help someone else do we get that internal dialogue of i'm not good enough i'm not strong enough they'll never listen to me i'll try again on my own stuff but i know that i'll never follow through I don't deserve. If those are the messages, then that's something that we know we need to come against strongly and get help with because that is not of God. God is always going to make you feel closer to himself, closer to your best self. So if that internal dialogue for yourself or someone you love is one that steals your strength and and saps your ability to make even tiny changes, that's when you know you actually should be moving forward because Satan's trying to stop you and a lot of of woundedness is trying to stop you. So if you need somebody else to change in your relationship, in their behavior, or you're trying to make changes and you're meeting with resistance, even in your own mind and heart or from them, let's talk about it today and give you brand new skills and more strength and connect you with God's grace here on More to Life. Give us a call today at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. We're talking with you to do today about dealing with resistance. You know, change is hard uh, for anybody, um, but if you're struggling to know how to help someone you care about make a change that they need to make but they seem resistant to it or if you're trying to make a change in your life or relationships only to find certain things getting in your way we want to help you identify the sources of those resistance and help you find grace-filled ways to overcome those obstacles give us a call it's 877-573-7825 every day on more to life we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of saint john paul's theology of the body And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, uh, when St. John Paul was the Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of five years where he taught how to identify God's fingerprints on creation and, and how those fingerprints reveal God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. Now, we tend to treat resistance as the enemy. 
We get angry at the part of ourselves or the part of others that resist change, especially if those changes could help us be happier, healthier, and holier people. We think that if we can just get mad enough at ourselves or other people, our anger will burn away the resistance that keeps tripping us up. But the theology of the body reminds us that the only way to effectively cooperate with grace and facilitate godly change in us and in others is to respond not in anger or frustration, but with love and compassion to the resistance we experience. Now, this is going to be a big mind shift for a lot of a lot of you. So so listen, it, it, the resistance to change is not actually stubbornness or obstinance. Resistance is actually a message. It's a message that says even though I'd like to make this change on some level, I don't know how to do it and still meet some other need that's important to me. So, for instance, I might like to lose weight, but I don't know how to meet my need to lower my stress if I limit how much I eat, right? Or I might like to have a better relationship, but I don't know how to meet my need to protect myself from being hurt or abandoned if I left my, let my guard down. And in order to successfully cooperate with grace and, and facilitate that change and, and, and growth in myself or another person, I have to stop getting angry about the resistance I encounter. And instead, I need to bring that resistance to God ask him to help me identify the need that that resistance is pointing to and protecting, and then prayerfully discern healthier ways to meet that need so I can move forward more holistically. The more I learn to befriend resistance and love myself or the other person through it, the more the Holy Spirit can use me as an agent of graceful change in my own life and the lives of others. And that's what we want to talk about today on More to Life. Resolving resistance is the name of the show. If you are dealing with someone who needs to change but won't and you're feeling frustrated because you don't know what to do uh, or where to draw the lines for that matter, or if you're struggling to make a change in your own life and, and you're frustrated with yourself for the resistance you're experiencing, let's talk about how to identify the source of that resistance and find graceful ways to overcome the obstacles getting in your way. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- Five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your calls in the name of the, the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we ask for your grace and wisdom to handle those situations where we or the people we love need to make a change but are struggling to do so. Help us to approach our resistance with grace and with love so that we can see the message that our resistance is sending us, bring that message to you, and ask you to teach us healthy and holy ways to meet those needs that our resistance or the other's resistance is pointing to. Help us to embrace your grace so that we can grow and change in ways that allow all of our parts or all of the other person to become everything that you created us to be. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name Amen of the, the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled Resolving Resistance as we talk about the, well, making change and, you know, especially helping the people around us change. 
you know, we, we often see things uh, that, that others might need to change about themselves to be healthier, happier, holier people. And it's always tricky to know how to approach those situations. And sometimes it's you know, you're trying to help them change because you see that they're not doing well in some area. But sometimes it's something you need and want in your life that you're trying to achieve. Raising your kids in the faith, being a more spiritual person, being a healthier person physically. And somebody becomes a stumbling block to that because they refuse to change with you or give you the respect you deserve to be able to make those changes. Wherever you are, if you're meeting resistance from somebody or inside yourself today, we're here for you on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Martha, who's listening to EWTN Radio in California on the EWTN app. Hi, Martha. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out today? I'm meeting resistance with my brother. He is, he has to go to the doctor, refuses to go to the doctor, will not answer the door, will not answer the phone to his family. And he just, he had like some kind of neurological or stroke. He came, I, we live in California, in Nevada, in Northern California. He lives in San Francisco. And um, he came up to visit and was talking and all of a sudden his face froze. His jaw went to the side. He looked. He his just. Yeah. He looked like he was in agony. Where Martha, this does TIAs? sound like a very you know a very physical problem. Possibly TIAs. Have you guys taken a look at this and just call a, called an ambulance yet? Is this something you've tried? And I don't know. We haven't. But we don't know what to do. The whole family is like just. What are we going to do? We don't want him to die. He lives alone in this house. Right. He won't answer the door, won't answer the phone. We're all afraid. So, so, so he completely cut all of you off. You're not able to have any relationship yes, with yes. Uh, with him at all. Yeah, he used to answer the phone and door and visit. Now he's like that because he knows we want him to go to the doctor. Okay, um, and, and so so even even just for friendly conversations, he won't answer the right. phone or like, respond to a text. Right, I even messages going. You know, I needed some support on this issue. Could you please call me back? I'm your sister. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even that sounds like he All might right. be dealing with, you know, something going wrong in his thinking because he could be suffering from some kind of, you know, minor strokes at this point. The only thing you can do uh, at this stage of the game to, to, to help him is actually call the police to do a wellness check on him. Um, you know, if he's not answering any calls, if he's not answering, you know, coming to the door... Uh, you know, it's a, the only thing you can really do at that point is is ask for a wellness check, and, and and that means the police would come to his door and insist that he open up the door, and and they could at least see that he was physically healthy. You know, that's going to burn up any capital you have left with him. But but sometimes somebody's health, you know, requires you to be willing to do that to work for their good. That that may or may not solve the the, the ultimate problem, but at least it could give you some peace of mind that you have literally done everything that you could possibly do. The thing that I, I want to you know say here too, though, is, is what I was saying earlier, and this is it was a hard, always a hard thing to kind of to, to take in. But when we made that that point about you know not making another person a project, you're not doing that. You're you're genuinely working for his good here. But but um, you know there comes a point where somebody doesn't want to be helped, and you know when we don't want to be helped, God loves us enough to give us the freedom to choose that. 
And so, you know, once you have done this wellness check, if you if you decide to go that route, you've really done everything that you can do, and you need to love him enough to give him the freedom to reject that help. And that's very, very sad, and it's very, very painful, especially when you love somebody. But we do have to we do have to remember that, that we are not capable of doing more than God can. And if we say no to God, he can't, he can't and won't try to force us to accept help that we don't want from him. Uh, and, and so we have to kind of take that to heart and realize that even though we love this person, and, and God loves us immeasurably more than we can love anybody else, but even though you know, God loves us, that way we, we, he, he respects our right to say no to him, and you will ultimately need to respect your brother's right to say no to all of you, even though that's, that's very painful and sad. That said, I do think that, that phoning in a wellness check would be an appropriate thing to do at this stage. It is working for his good. He won't like it. It will probably burn whatever relationship up you have at this point. But you don't have a relationship at all because he's cut you off. So the only way that you could, the only remaining thing you could really do is call the police and ask them to do a wellness check on your brother because he won't come to the door and he won't answer the phone and you're you're concerned about how he is. Um, Once you've done that, though, you've done everything that you can do. And and you're really bringing him to God and continuing to reach out to him as you are. Uh, letting you know, not addressing the issue, but just trying to build relationship, so that you know he can be open to you, perhaps down the road, would be the only other thing. But Martha, I'm so sorry that you're in this position. I, I do. We, we've added your family to our more to life prayer list, and I do hope that if there's more that we can do to support you, you you'll call us back here and let us know how things are going. Thanks so much for the call. You know, again, it's it's really painful when we love somebody who is dealing with something like like uh, Martha's brother is, uh, you know, a physical problem that they won't seek help for, and uh, you know, that's often rooted in fear. You know, they don't they, they're they're afraid of what they're going to find out, uh, and that that holds them back. Uh, in most cases, you know, we can love and support that person to the place where they can calm down enough to go to the doctor, but in some places we can't. Um, and it's true in general. You know, when we're trying to help somebody else change, we often run into resistance that we we can't overcome. Uh, but the, but that's where we need to know what those limits are, and and, and because we often feel guilty, you know, giving that person the freedom to say no to help, uh, and we shouldn't, but we do. And so, how do we how do we address that resistance, that part of it too? We're taking your calls today about resolving resistance, whether we are trying to help someone else make a change that they need to make and they're resisting that our efforts to to help them become healthier in some way or happier or holier, whatever, or if we are trying to make a change and we're struggling to to achieve that goal and something's getting in our way, we're mad at ourselves for the resistance that we're showing. We want to help you overcome that too. Let's help you find graceful ways to identify the, res- the source of the resistance you're running into and discover ways to overcome the obstacles that are getting in the way. The number, 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. We'll continue taking your calls when More to Life continues right after the break. He was a doctor of the church, a Carmelite, and one of the most famous mystics of all time. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. John of the Cross wanted to help all Christians to become saints. One of his most important teachings was to encourage us all to learn how to love. For there is no love, he said, put love, and you will find love. He died in 1591. For more about the doctors of the church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling 
40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to seatonhome.org. That is seatonhome.org. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Resolving Resistance. You know, change is hard, and especially when we're trying to help somebody else that we care about change. Are you trying to help someone you care about make some change, uh, but running into resistance on their part? Or maybe, you know, you're trying to make a change in your own life or relationships only to find something or someone getting in your way. We want to help you identify the, res- uh, the sources of those resistances and help you find grace-filled ways to overcome those obstacles standing in the way. The number, 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Anthony, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Maryland. Hi, Anthony. Welcome to More to Life. What's your question for us? Well, uh, my question is, how do I get my wife to start praying the rosary with me like when we first started off? Um, I, I use the rosary, but I pray the rosary. We do it um, um, via YouTube uh, uh, faithfully every day um, in the morning. That's how I start today. And um, my issue is, is that uh, when, when I first uh, suggested and asked her to pray the rosary with me, since we're husband and wife, uh, to pray the rosary together, we started off, uh, she would have her rosary I would have my rosary. That changed. Um, I still use my rosary. When, when did that change, Anthony? Uh, when did oh, she stop wanting to pray? Like months, months and months ago. Okay. And so, I so like, let let it go. Uh, but uh-huh. now, but I heard uh, this. Uh, I, I listened to yeah. eleven sixty a.m. But I heard uh, this. I said I got to call Ed. Well, I'm glad you did. Now, Anthony, have you asked her, honey, why why are you not praying the rosary with me anymore? What's up? Have you asked her point blank? Yes, I have. Uh, my, my point is I want her to use use her rosary like I use mine. I, I, I do. I, mean, I go. Yeah, yeah, I no, go. but that's not what we asked you, Anthony. We asked, have you ever said, hey, honey, it seems yes, like it seems like you're kind of off the rosary. What, what's what's going on with you? How How, how come you don't want to? pray this with well, me anymore. Well, that's, that's the way she prays the rosary. That was her response. She'll sit at the kitchen table 
Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, well, Anthony, I mean, you know, it's it's. I mean, there there are lots of ways. You know, we can use our. You know, God gave us a rosary on our fingers, yeah. right? I mean, God we, knows there, there are so lots of ways to pray a rosary. Who are praying on their ten but, fingers? But I'd also say, you know, you you know, you, you know, she doesn't have to pray it exactly the way you are. But I I, w- I would like you to have because you told our screener as well that that she you know that she's kind of resisting uh, praying with you at all. And, and I guess I'm wondering, I would like you to have a conversation with her about, you know, honey, you know, I've noticed that, that, you know, you, you have, you, something has maybe changed in your prayer life or your spiritual life. You know, or how, our relationship. How, how would you like to pray together? You know, and, and, and let her give you some feedback on, on how she wants to pray with you. You know, because the rosary is a beautiful prayer. Uh, it is a beautiful contemplative prayer. Um, but there are many, many, many other ways in this in the treasure chest of the church uh, to pray and and to pray together. You know, there there's there's deeper ways to pray the rosary. Something like Father Benedict Rochelle's book on the rosary, or many others that allow you to take a decade and really read about it and then reflect more deeply. You could even pause and talk about it as a couple and do that decade and move on, or do a decade a day and have a deeper relationship or go into other forms of prayer that the church offers us. It's very important that as powerful as any form of prayer is, especially the Holy Rosary, that we don't start treating it like a magic wand, where if we just say this, everything in life will go fine, so we just say and it. And do it exactly this way. And exactly. Do it that's I'm, that's more... Um, you know, that's a habit that actually can block us from really growing closer to God and having conversations and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us because we're too into the form rather than the relationship with God and each other. Well, and, and Lisa's last point there is, is really key. Uh, you know, prayer is supposed to be about a relationship with God and the people we're praying with. And, and so when you run into an obstacle in the relationship, you can't just say, well, we need to do the thing. We need to, why aren't you doing the thing? What's wrong with you for not doing the thing? Can I have to say, hey, you know, what's going on in the relationship, honey? What's going on in your relationship with God or, or your relationship with me that's changed that, you know, that, that says that, that the way we used to pray together isn't working for you anymore? What do you need, honey? And, and what can we do together to, to pray together, to draw closer to God and to each other, and, and be open to, to changing the way that you pray? Because at this particular time in your life or, or stage of your relationship, you know, you have different spiritual needs. All right, so, so really focus on the fact that prayer is meant to be relationship with God and with the people that we're praying with, and, and have a real conversation instead of trying to force your agenda on where she's at. Thanks so much for the call. And listeners, we're taking your calls about resolving resistance. If you are struggling to help someone you care about make a change and you're running into some resistance, or if you're trying to make a change but getting in your own way, give us a call. We'll help you find a way through. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. We're all going to suffer. No one is getting out of this life unscathed. Even if you're an agnostic or an atheist, everyone is going to suffer. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, as our Lord tells us in the New Testament. So what do we do with it? Do we just say, oh, I'm so glad that's over and don't learn anything from it? Or do we say, okay, God, this was not fun? Or as St. Teresa of Avila, the great doctor of the church and my patron said, if this is the way you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few, right? Like, really, Lord? Seriously? And that's okay if you express yourself that way, obviously with respect and love, but St. Teresa of Avila did it, and so many saints expressed their frustrations that way. But at the end of the day, they still came back to God and said, okay, Lord, this really stinks, but I know somehow at the end, I'm going to come through it, and you're going to show me what you want me to do with it. 
Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. MyLifeAngels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed including all legal documents, to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. My Life Angels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchek. Take a moment to measure your stress level right now on a scale of 1 to 10. One or two means you're completely relaxed. Five means you've got some concerns, but you're mostly feeling good. At eight, you're getting angry. And at 10, you're feeling and acting outraged. This little exercise is something happily married couples regularly do. They monitor their emotional temperature so they can take steps to lower it before it gets too high. You see, when your temperature gets higher than a seven, cortisol and adrenaline flood your body, shutting down the rational problem-solving part of your brain. And when that happens, your response is likely to make the situation worse, not better. Happily married couples recognize this and take responsibility for regulating their own emotional temperature. They don't blame their spouse for their poor reaction. They realize they're the only one who can control that. If you struggle with regulating your emotional temperature, take heart in the fact that police officers, firefighters, and others have learned to control their response in really stressful situations. And you can too. To learn how, check out our book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love. Or, if you want more personalized, faith-filled help, visit catholiccounselors.com. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today's show is titled Resolving Resistance. You know, change is hard, especially when we are trying to ask someone else to change in some way. Uh, even if our intentions are good and the change we're asking for is, is healthy and appropriate, sometimes you know, people get a little defensive <laughs> or resistant to our efforts to change them. And, and even though we hear all the time we can't change somebody else, we do have influence on folks, and we can appropriately use our relationship to encourage others to make healthy, holy changes. But what, do you, what happens when you run into that wall of resistance? How can you overcome those objections and obstacles that get in the way? For that matter, if you're trying to make a change and you're tripping over your own two feet and you're frustrated with your own resistance, let us help. Whether it's you or someone else that needs to change, we want to help you resolve that resistance and find grace-filled ways to overcome the obstacles that are getting in the way. Get the number 877 
877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Before we take our next call, we want to send out congratulations to a longtime member of the EWTN family, Holy Family Radio, serving Harrisburg and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and Stewart, Florida, is celebrating their 12th year with EWTN. I send our congratulations to Joe Nebostinsky and his team at WHYF from all of us here at EWTN. And wherever you're tuning in to Catholic Radio, make sure you're supporting your local Catholic station with your prayers and with your financial support so that we can keep Catholic Radio going strong and growing stronger every day to be here for you and support you in living a more abundant, healthy, holy life. With that, we are taking your calls about resolving resistance. Is there someone you care about who needs to make a change for whatever reason, whether for their own good or because the things they're doing are hurting you in some way, and you've tried to bring it to their attention and you get resistance and defensiveness and pushback what do you do well let's work it out together we'll help you identify the sources of, of those resistances that we're running into and help you find grace-filled ways to overcome the obstacles standing in the way the number again is 877-573-7825 let's talk now with kevin who's listening to ewtn radio in florida hi kevin welcome to more to life what's going on Hello, thank you, uh, folks. Uh, by the way, just about ten seconds ago, I got like a reduction in the reception. Can you hear me well? We can hear you. Thanks for letting yeah. us okay. know. Hopefully, cool. we'll we'll be able to hear each other. You sound great. Yeah. So, what's your question? So you must hear me fine, and then I can almost not hear you. Okay. So, um, yeah, I um, shoot. I have three children. One who passed away of a drug ad- drug addiction, drug overdose. Last April 29th, and uh, so sorry. I say that because it definitely affects us all. Um, of course. Sometimes to the day I'm completely unable to talk or, you know, sobbing, especially late at night. I, he, he loved so many things, and I was so close to him. He was my best friend. Uh, I'll get try to get to the point real quick here. Um, he loved music. He uh, worked at the Hilton Hotel in Cape Canaveral. Here we are in Florida, and... Um, yeah, I heard a Beach Boys song, you know, God Only Knows. That was like, boy, that ripped my heart out. I, I so you're going like through it. such deep, deep grief, yeah, Kevin. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. what you told the person who answered your call was that your other son, who's 28 and has two oh, kids yeah. of his own, yeah, exactly. is pushing you well, away. So you've lost one son physically to death, well, yeah, and now you're risking losing another. So what's going on with, with yeah. your 28-year-old your son right now? It has to do with grieving, although it's like, to be blunt, I get blunt and sarcastic and all sorts of stuff, but I probably will be until I die. I'm 65. Um, so for tomorrow's Friday, it'll be a full four weeks since I've seen either of them, and I know part of it's because they're busy, and like my daughter says, like everybody else who's close to it and hears me complaining about it and crying about it, literally, uh, they say let go and you gotta chill out and even my son this son of mine who has his own pressure washing business he has a four and a half year old boy who's now in preschool he has a two-year-old uh, excuse me a seven month old daughter 
who lives with his mother. It's like, you know, that baby mama term. So, um, so Kevin, I, I'm sorry, but just, just for the sake of time, because we, we only have about another minute or two here to, to be able yeah, to, to help you out. So you're asking about how to, how to connect with your, 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 your son or your daughter and your son, or no, what's your know. question exactly? You're not going to help me connect. I think I just need to maybe a little more encouragement to leave him alone, which is really hard as days go by. I just mm-hmm. want to get Whoa. together with them and eat. You know, or, you know, I'm not you know, sure Kevin, you necessarily do need to leave him alone. Yeah, Kevin. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna disagree with you yeah. here, and and I'm a person who's lost an awful lot of people in their lives, so I'm gonna try to bring some of what I've gone through to informing this. First of all, Kevin, you're all grieving. You're all grieving a lot. You're grieving in particular, and the one thing I really encourage you to do, friend, is to get into a grief support group, good counseling and a grief support group because that is a place where you can really process this you can find out and figure out ways to hold on to your son that's lost and at, to death but he's not lost he he's alive in christ he went through a lot but he is alive in christ and there are ways to connect in a healthy way to him but be able to then move to a place of more normal relationship with your two children who are here with you on earth. Yeah, what, what Lisa's really saying here is that, that, that grieving isn't the process of letting go, even right. though people tell us it is. It's when, you, when somebody, and I hate to put it this way, but the, we talk about it like this, when people successfully grieve, what it means is that they have found ways to stay connected to the person who's gone even though they've passed. Um, that, that can involve you know, tangible things. Like, for example, I, I have my dad's shoe shine kit, you know, when he passed away. And I remember as a little kid watching him shine his shoes and, I, you know, smelling the wax. And, and it just brings me back to him, you know. And, or, or it could also be emotional or psychological. We reflect on the things that that person brought into our lives and how, you know, they are still part of us. Um, and, and also, you know, as, as Lisa, you were just pointing out, you know, asking for his intercession. He, yes. he, is, he is in, you know, we, we, we believe that in, through God's mercy, he's in heaven. And he can, you can ask him to pray for you and you can talk to him. Even, even the souls in purgatory are mighty intercessors for us. So you really can be having that spiritual relationship with him that will draw you closer to him and closer to Christ. But, but also allow you to... Be able to process your grief in a way that isn't overwhelming to the other people who are also grieving him. Because, you know, when you talk about your son, he's got, a, he's got children and a business and he's trying to balance his grief and everything he went through with his brother's drug addiction and all the turmoil of that with being a responsible man and father. And so if you come at him like a tidal wave, he he needs to push back for his own well-being. So if you can balance that with a good grief support group, good counseling, then you can be more of that present father that you need to be to your children who are here on earth. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm hearing is it's not that you need to leave your kids alone, but that your kids feel like that you're asking them to take care of you. And and when we have adult kids, the more we as, you know, their parents come off as, you need to be here for me, you know, but what about me? But And we want to have a relationship with our adult kids. I mean, I have adult kids, and I know how it feels to be separated from them and want to be closer to them, and, you know, and I, I get that, right? But but the, but if I come across like, hey, well, why aren't you making time for me, and when can we get together, and how come you're not, you know, we don't, we, we don't, we're not perceived as a support to them. We're perceived as one more person they have to take care of. 
another burden to them. We're, we're, we, and it's our job to really support them in launching and being healthy. And so we find healthy venues to address our needs, like the counseling that Lisa was suggesting, or the grief support group that she was suggesting, so that you can get those emotional needs met in appropriate ways, and that frees you up to be there for them in ways that feel connecting and supportive, as opposed to needy and, and kind of sucking and, 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 and uh, uh, well, debilitating. Overwhelming yeah. them. And, and Kevin, as you begin to be able to process your grief in a way that is more manageable for you and for others around you, you might really want to consider offering going into some kind of family therapy with your son and daughter. Because what you're saying is your son who, you, who, who has passed was a drug addict, died of an overdose, you were his best friend. There is a chance that your other two children are saying, hey, dad, dad was you know all in with our brother, but he wasn't really there for us in a way that we needed him to be. Or if there's any unhealthy patterns there that they see from their perspective that they don't want passed on to their children. So being able to grow closer to them in a healthy way to be able to be in their lives, you might want to say, hey, I know a lot of stuff went really sideways along the way as as your brother got worse and worse. Let's get into family therapy so we can fix some of this. Because, you know, Kevin, the one thing I don't want you to do is say, I'm in my 60s and I'm never going to change because that's not honoring who your son was or his death. His death is an invitation for you to heal and change and become healthier to honor who he really was aside from his addictions. But I would suggest right now, don't lead with the family therapy. Not at all. This is after you've processed your grief more. You get help for yourself to kind of work through the grief and stabilize your own emotional life, and then you can be there to support them. But but again, they're not pushing you away because they don't love you. They're pushing you away because they they feel like you're sucking away all their energy uh, because you're so emotionally needy and you're asking them to take care of you. Uh, and and no kid wants to f- no even an adult kid wants to feel like they're in that position you know t- and our you know our adult kids if, when we become sick or infirm they you know it's it's perfectly fine to to ask for their help uh, that's not that's that's a different thing from what I'm talking about here uh, what what we're what we're talking about here is is Kevin you not having a healthy relationship with your own emotions and rather than taking responsibility for that you're asking your kids to kind of be your emotional caretaker that that's a very different thing now we want to be clear here you're only four months out from your son's death it's fine that you are devastated but you need to be able to get the support you need from healthy places that help you to grieve this well, well as you told our screener there's a long history world. there i mean with two divorces and there's yeah. just a lot of family trauma yeah, yeah, that, 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 that you haven't been able to be there for your kids the way they really needed you to be and so getting that help for yourself so that you can learn how to be a support to them is the key to making this relationship work thanks for the call with that, we are going to break, and it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Second Corinthians 12, verse 9. The Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast most gladly of my weaknesses, in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. You know, and, and this verse is all about St. Paul dealing with resistance. You know, he was trying to make a change. He said, three times I called out to the Lord, you know, change this part of me. And, and, and he couldn't make the change, whatever it was. Um, and he realized, you know, God showed him that 
instead of getting angry with himself and trying to let his own anger burn away the resistance, that he needed to give that, that resistance to God and let God teach him what that resistance was saying so that God could change him through the love that God had for him. Very different perspective on change than most of us have, but it's very, very wise. And the more we learn to befriend those resistances, either in ourselves or others, the more we are able to become effective agents of change that the Holy Spirit can use to let his grace flow through us and to others. We are taking your calls today about resolving resistance. Give us a holler. If you are dealing with somebody who who you need to see change, you know, if you would like to, you know, try to facilitate change in that other person's life in some way, uh, but but you're running into resistance, well, we're here to help. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue after the break. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. <laughs> it's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. Do you have a lonely brain? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Loneliness, only enhanced during the pandemic, can actually help alter certain brain patterns which can lead to various mental health issues like anxiety and depression. Your physical health can be challenged. Even with social media, loneliness is described as an epidemic. Loneliness can be complex, and there's a stigma associated with it. But mindfulness training, what you and I may call quiet and holy time, has been shown to combat loneliness. Pray more. Breathe deeply. Increase your list of friends. Even force being more social. Don't be afraid to gather or appropriately touch others. A hug or a fist bump can signal that you are present with somebody. Let's not forget our priests and religious sisters and brothers. When was the last time you hugged your priest? If you sense somebody you know is lonely, ask them how you can help. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on the lonely brain at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled Resolving Resistance. You know, change is hard, especially when we're asking somebody else to make a change, either for their own good or because uh, the way they're acting is hurting us in some way. And when we tell them about it, then we get pushback and resistance. How do we deal with it gracefully? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with JR, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas on Guadalupe Radio. Hi, JR. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? 
JR, are you there? I think JR might have stepped away from his radio. He told our screener that he has been married for 30 years and his wife doesn't want to live with him anymore. That she's living in a second home that they own and taking care of her mother. And she told a family member, I'm not going back over there. Mm -hmm. And JR is wondering, what can he do to reconcile the relationship? Well, JR, thanks for the call. I'm sorry we weren't able to get you connected, but um, I wanted, still wanted to take the call because uh, I want you to reflect a little bit on here because obviously you know, you're hurt and you're going to be angry and you're frustrated about all this and you want to save your marriage. But um, in order to do that, you're going to need to reflect really hard on the question, why does your wife not feel safe living with you? I'm going to let that. I'm going to let that sit in, uh, because you know the the. And I don't. When I say safe, I don't necessarily mean physically safe, because you know you might get your back up and say, "Well, I've never, I've never hurt her." And sure, um, but emotionally, she doesn't feel emotionally safe with you for some reason. There, there's something that you've done that 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 either consciously or unconsciously, that she has been sitting on a lot of resentment for a long time, looking for a reason to get out, and her mom being sick has given her that reason, and she's what she's really saying is, Jr. You have tried, I, I've tried to tell you in one way or another, and you haven't heard that I've been hurting for a long time, and that you've been hurting me for a long time in some way. And you might, you know, you, you, again, you might have not been doing anything intentionally or consciously, but I'm sure you've gotten some signs. And if, if you really sit with this question, you know, I think some answers will come to you. I, I want you uh, to really seek some good marriage counseling for yourself. And when, when, when I say that, people are like, well, what good is it for me to go to marriage counseling by myself? Because when you're working with a, with a marriage-friendly therapist, uh, even if you're doing it yourself, that, that counselor can, the, the client is the marriage, not you. And so they are helping you make changes in ways that are conducive to a healthy relationship. And I think that you need to show your wife that you're willing to examine yourself uh, in light of the relationship that you've had with her and start to address some of those concerns, uh, whether, she's, whether you are able to, even if, even if you don't know what they are, you know, talking about your relationship with a good, healthy, you know, friendly marriage counselor is going to help you identify the things that need to change in your relationship. And that's going to be the best way to witness to your wife that she that there's there's a safe and loving and welcoming home for her to come back to. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some real effort. But the one thing that won't work is trying to pressure her in any way or asking her to come back or manipulating her or even Getting just angry asking, or grumpy or any of those or, things. Or, or begging, any of that. None of that will work. Because what she's really saying to you when she told that family member, I'm not going back there, is that she doesn't feel safe with you for some reason. Not necessarily physically, but emotionally, relationally, spiritually. She doesn't feel like you hear her. And so what needs to happen to make that make make that heal? Get the help that you need, JR, to, to figure out the answer to that question, and that's the best chance you have for saving the relationship. 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Cindy, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Florida. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, my mm-hmm. husband and I have been married for 44 years, and, um, you know, he he's, he's always had a bad temper. Um, but it's just really starting to affect me more, um, more recently. And um, he kind of just goes from zero to ten. Uh, just maybe I just say the wrong thing, or you know something. And I've tried talking to him about it, telling him, you know, you've got an anger problem. We need to, you know, maybe we need to see counselor or something. And um, and he's like, well, you know, you're not being supportive of me. And you know, there's always he won't uh, discuss the problem 
of his anger. And it affects me because it makes me really anxious. And I guess yeah. I really realized it recently when I, I went away for two weeks uh, to help my dad move there. He actually moved out here to Florida uh, near us. So we're yeah. we, we're dealing with that stress too. But I was so calm when I was was when I wasn't home with my husband. When yeah. I got home, I started feeling a lot of anxiety again. All right, a um, couple of things I can give you in the time that we've got here, and then and I'll give you some resources to follow up as well. So so first thing, um, you know the the stuff about you're not supporting me. It's a kind of it's not a matter of supporting you. It's a matter of telling you that your behavior is hurting me. And I, I'm not asking you permission to be hurt by you. I'm telling you that your behavior is hurtful. There are ways to express your concerns. There are ways to express your needs. There are ways to express your hurt and frustration that are healthy, and you consistently choose to not do that. It's not a matter of me not supporting you. It's a matter of me telling you that you're hurting me, and you don't care. And that hurts me even more. So that's number one. Don't back down whenever he tells you it's, you know, it's your fault because you said the wrong thing or you're not supporting him. Or whatever. That's nonsense. We have... A, we have agency we have the ability to express ourselves in appropriate ways and your husband isn't doing that and so it's okay to say you know it's not a matter of me not supporting you it's a matter of you are hurting me with your behavior and you don't care and even to the point where you're making it my fault for not supporting you <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that you're still hurting me and you don't care because you don't want to get help and that hurts me even more Secondly, when he does, if, if that doesn't do anything, then the second thing would be when he behaves this way um, and he, you know, inevitably he's going to come back and pretend that nothing was wrong, right? You know, he wants to just imagine that it all went away. And nothing. So he comes back a couple hours later and says, what's for dinner, honey? At which point you need to say, you know what, honey, I love you and I'd love to talk to you about dinner. But until you can apologize for the behavior that you showed toward me and tell me, and this is the most important part, and tell me how you're going to handle things differently in the future, you're not a safe person to have con- a conversation about dinner with. And then he goes away, he gets, I can't believe you're bringing this up. And he goes away and he comes back a couple hours later. So, uh, nice weather we're having. Honey, I'd love to talk to you about the weather, but until you can apologize for the way you treated me and tell me how you're going to handle similar situations differently in the future, you're not a safe person to have a conversation about the weather with because I never know what's going to set you off. And, and if that's the only thing you say to this guy for a month until he actually apologizes and take responsibility for what he did, then that's the only thing you say to him. Because you have to, you have, to have that break. In healthy relationships, when one person stumbles and, and, and offends the other, there's a little pause where that person says, hey, you hurt me. And the other one says, you know what, I'm really sorry. Let's, let's work that out. And then you get back to the conversation. You guys don't have that healthy break. He just wants to gloss it over, and you've learned to let it go. The last thing I'll leave you with, because we only got about 20 seconds here, is, is it's going to be important to not ask him whether he wants to go to counseling, but just to make the appointment with counseling. You know, if, if he had cancer, you wouldn't ask him if he wanted to go to the oncologist. You'd make the appointment with the oncologist. Uh, and so the same thing is here. You know, you, you tell him, look, I, I, I love you too much to let this go on. I'm feeling resentful. I'm frankly feeling hurt and afraid to be around you. I'm, I'm happier when I'm not with you. And that kills me. I hate that. So I've made an appointment with a marriage counselor. I either have to learn how to deal with you or we have to learn how to get over this. One way or the other, things are changing, and I'd really love for you to be part of that change. So will you please come with me? And then if he if he redrags his feet, go by yourself for at least you know and, and learn how to manage this more effectively and set appropriate boundaries with him so that down the road he can. We do that kind of work at Pastoral Solutions, helping you find grace-filled solutions for marriage and family and personal struggles. If you'd like to talk with one of our Catholic counselors to help you find graceful ways to overcome these difficulties, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. Thanks so much for the call, Cindy, and if there's more we can do to support you. 
please do reach out to us. That goes for you listeners as well. Check it out, catholiccounselors.com, and get out there and celebrate the life God has for you, because with His grace, there's so much more to life. More to life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.